Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got Elliot, my co-host, the shortest gray-bearded man alive. <laughs> How you doing today, no. Elliot? No, this is the first time in the history of our friendship that I have a longer beard than you. <laughs> so yeah. don't even be saying the shortest gray beard, because compared to you, I have a monstrous beard. What happened? What happened? Did your wife get to you? It's uh, it's her birthday this week, man. She, had, she didn't ask for anything this year except for a short beard. <laughs> Are you serious? No, I mean, she didn't know. She has been asking me forever to trim it down. And I trim it down. Usually I trim it down once a year. And it's usually kind of after waterfall season. Um, so I got a late start on this year. Honestly, I'm worried that it's not going to be... Because, I, I mean, I just started trimming and trimming and trimming. And, I mean, you saw the picture. It looked like there was a, yeah. there was like a dead animal in the sink by the end. <laughs> but uh, How does it feel? Does it feel more free? And it's, I, I keep doing feel? this, like, where I go to, gra- like, you know, like, grab your beard and nothing's there. Like, where you have, uh-huh. like, a phantom limb after you lost one. I just, yeah. I think my beard's still there and it's not. <laughs> you went short. Funny. You went short with it. Yeah. I went short, but I don't know. I just hope it grows back. It looks good, though. It looks good. Yeah. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to grow mine out a little bit now that the wife is doing the beard trimming all the time. What was that? I said, I'm going to grow mine out a little bit now that my wife is doing the beard trimming all the time so I can get little trims whenever I want. And, yeah. And uh, I was going to say, it looks like it your beard is trimmed all the time now. Every time we get on there, it looks yeah. like you just got it trimmed. Yeah. Well, she's trimmed it twice. It's true. But she is. She thinks she just did Simeon's hair. I don't know. I, my wife is an artist and she's a damn good artist. Uh, I mean, she is, does children's books and she's the real deal. But for some reason, she thinks she is the best uh, doing her hair of anyone in the world. It's like she did a few and she's like talking trash about it all the time about how good she is. And so it's like, I, I got to keep those scissors away from me like every day. <laughs> but I mean, she does a good job. I really think she does the beard. I probably won't go to great clips anymore. You know how much I like great clips. Yeah. Yeah. But no more. Sam, your barber or whoever it was. <laughs> I do feel bad. Cause I like Sam a lot. I feel bad. Remember <laughs> Sam is, I might have to go in there and just say goodbye to Sam, Sam when they open fired. back up. <laughs> but Sam, I really feel like she's almost to that friend level. I might have to have Sam and her husband come I think over. You, maybe you could send like your condolences, like a like a, a, a letter to her or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna miss her. I, I feel so comfortable with her that I went there after work one time and I actually fell asleep while she was doing my hair. I was out. Here we are. Here we are talking about great clips. I was just again. thinking about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> great clips. They haven't even been open in two months, and we keep talking about them every day. <laughs> Today's episode brought to you by Great Clips. <laughs> you know, when Great Clips opened, <laughs> here we go again. But uh, 
I swear their haircuts were like six dollars a, a pop, and now it's like mm-hmm. fifteen. Yeah, well, I think it's yeah, it's, it has gone up a little bit because I'm at about twenty. If they do beard and hair, it's like twenty. Yep, yep. And then it's Sam, so I got a tipper good because she's cool. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah, I'm gonna save a lot of money. Sam's gonna lose a lot of money because we got I got all my whole family goes down there except for my wife and my well all the boys, the four of us. So, she, does she do everybody's hair in the the family now? Your wife? No, 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 no. She only does. She only does. This. I mean, sometimes she'll do some of the other kids, but not on purpose. I'm, I'm the only one that makes sure that she does my hair, just because I'm. I got this one lady in there, this Asian lady, and uh, I told her how, what I wanted on my beard, and she told me she couldn't do it. I said I want it short on the sides and longer on the chin. She looked at me like that wasn't even a thing, like I was crazy, and she just didn't do it. <laughs> so after that, I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah. Uh, is your mullet coming in yet? No, no. I've been thinking about it though. You need to start now. I, I, I don't started. have. Uh, I mean, we got what four months till season. Uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> okay, I got. I'll, let me, I'll talk. I gotta talk to my wife about it. Let me let me talk to let me talk to her. See what her thoughts are. <laughs> see if we can at least start heading that direction. I'm just saying, if if the post you made on Facebook is indicative of what's going to happen to your your YouTube likes when you start <laughs> posting duck hunting videos with the mullet. <laughs> then we need to head that direction. I'm, we, the, the, the truth is there's no way that I'm going to grow a mullet. I, I can sit here and say that, try to talk myself into it, but in reality, I can't imagine because I'm balding a little bit and there is not horribly, but a little bit and probably worse than I'd like to. I like to believe. And so, you know, if you have a little bald spot with a mullet, that's worse than even just having a mullet. Yeah, but I mean, how often do you not wear a hat? Uh, well, at my job, I don't ever wear a hat. I think that people will understand, though, because they'll see the little bald spot and they'll see the mullet <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, midlife crisis. I get it. <laughs> and they won't even say anything about it. The big gold it. chain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. You might be right. I'll rethink it and we'll... We'll have another great clips hair I'm just discussion saying, next like week. That, that bald spot's not getting any smaller. This is your one last, one last rodeo, one last time to get that mullet. Yeah, yeah. Well, roll down the window and let that hair fly. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see, old Graybeard's uh, 1991 mullet is posted on Fellowship of the Duck Guns. You can go see that. It looks sweet. Do you know how old I was when you had that mullet? Were you born yet? I was two. <laughs> you were two. I could have almost. I could have been your father. Yeah, how old? Barely were you then? old enough. Um, under that picture, I would have been seventeen. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, today's topic for the podcast. Did you make your list, Elliot? Did you do your homework? I've been th- I've been thinking about this all week, honestly. Yep. Yeah. I didn't write down a list, but I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm so excited about this podcast. <laughs> so we've decided we're going to talk about our top five hunts from the season. Well, it might not be. We're going to go as long as the time enables, but we got our list, kind of our thoughts, somewhere around there. 
Um, you know how Elliot can get when he gets excited about duck hunting. So we might be on the number one hunt for an hour and we'll have to cut it short. I got a lot to say. I got a lot to I'm go, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not going to rush. Yeah. No, it's going to be fun. I'm excited about this one as well. But uh, before we jump into the podcast, let's uh, take a quick take a quick moment <laughs> and give a thanks out to our partners. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks out to HGR Innovations. Um, guys, if you haven't checked out HGR Innovations, all American-made products um, from the A-frame, the Quack Pack, um, the layout lounges, and uh, the gun stand. Um, definitely go check them out. Um, one of the cool products we got from this this last year is the Quack Pack, and it's um, pretty similar to the, the layout lounge for those of you that know that. Um, it, it folds up into a backpack. You put your decoys in there, and you hike out into the spot, and when you get there, it folds out, has a blanket that comes over you with stubble straps, so it's essentially it's a decoy backpack that folds out into a layout blind um, when you get to the spot. Perfect for public land hunting. Um, perfect for run and gun style hunting. So uh, definitely go check that out. Use code DuckGun10 at checkout for 10% off and free shipping on everything at htrinnovations.com. All right, guys. You know that um, one of our partners is Banded, Avery, and Green Aid Gear. They're all under the same umbrella and, and they've got everything you need for your waterfowling game. And actually, before um, Jordan and I got on today, I was sitting here, I had a little bit of time, and I was daydreaming about these pair of pants that I wanted that I didn't get that Jordan got. Feeling a little <laughs> bit, you know, a little bit jealous. So I jumped on Banner.com just to, I wanted to see, look at the pants and, and daydream about having them again. And actually, I found they've got right now lightweight technical hunting pants, regularly $129.99. And they've got them on sale for $45.99. Now, I put a link to these pants on Fellowship of the Duck Guns on Facebook. So head on over there and join the group. And I've got a link there. You can go check these out. $45.99. Now, there's not a ton left looking at it. But these are really cool. They've got a lot of sale items going on right now. I don't think that they have put out their um, new items for next year yet. Um, so I think they're kind of clearing the house a little bit. So there's some nice sales going on. But um Go check those out, those pants, or if there's anything else you want as well. Awesome. Yeah, guys, on, on the Fellowship of the Duck Gun 2, like I like saying, um, actually this last week it feels like it's been a happening place. It's popping in there. Um, people are posting, we're posting, um, having awesome duck, duck hunting conversations about gear or whatever. Um, so definitely jump over there as well. Um, usually it feels a little early. Usually everybody starts getting excited again about July going into season but it's nice um seeing seeing the community over there everybody uh talking duck hunting also uh let's give a big thanks out to gunner kennels um gunner kennels five star crash test rated um they get the patent double roto wall double rotomoted wall on their um uh, on their dog kennels and it's perfect for getting man's best friend from one place to the other um, you got peace of mind knowing your dog's going to be safe in there. Um, also, guys, it's another American-made product um, for them. Um, you know, we've said it from other weeks as well, but, I mean, definitely one thing to look at is the testimonials of people who've had accidents, and, and it's just amazing what those kennels can go through, and the dogs come out the other side with just, um, you know, bumps and bruises and nothing life-threatening at all. So um, definitely, you know, uh, with our best friend, our hunting companion, um, having them safe on our trips and travels as much as we go around for duck hunting, um, it's it's worth the while on that. So make sure to use code DuckGunKin, DuckGun10, 
at checkout for 10% off. All righty. I think uh, let's go ahead and jump jump back into the podcast. But before we do that, guys, um, the topic, like we said, is our top five hunts from this season. And Elliot and I, we film all of our all of our hunts through the season, um, if not all of them, 99% of them. Um, and every single one that we're going to talk about is going to be on our YouTube channel as well. So um, you guys dealing with the duck depression, jump over there. Freelance duck hunting for Elliot and Duck Gun Chronicles for me. Um, we got hunt videos from Kansas, Indiana, Michigan. Um, so some great stuff that's going to get you through the rest of this off season. Um, so definitely check it out. All right. You ready, Elliot? I do. And why don't we, every every hunt that we talk about, what do you think about if we post that actual video on Fellowship of the Duck Gun so that, um, or maybe you and I can, why don't we do this? Why don't you and I put together a combined playlist? Yeah. Uh, and then we'll put, we'll post that on Fellowship of the Duck Gun. So if you're watching this and you want to actually see the hunts we're talking about, we can just put one post of a playlist on there. Yeah. It's a good idea. Cool. Hey, do me a favor, Elliot. Um, move your mic yeah. a little closer to you. Your phone, your phone probably. Okay. <laughs> Put your mic back where it was. <laughs> so you want you want the mic closer like this? How's that? Well, no, your your phone because I I'm hearing through the phone. You're hearing th- okay, so move my mic away back away from me. Yeah, and it, well, no, you keep it where it was, but I, I'm just having trouble hearing you through the phone right now. Oh 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 oh. Now okay. you got it. All right, how's that? That's good. It was just cutting in and out. I think the mic was having trouble picking up. All right. Back okay. to re- back to recording. All right. Um, I'm going to give you the honors, Elliot. Go ahead and let, let's hear what your, uh, your number one. Or do you want to start at five or one? Let's start at five. Well, I, my, plan, my plan wasn't I didn't actually rank them. I was just doing from beginning of the season. I, I was doing them chronological through the season. But I can do them however you want. Because mm. I'm not actually – my. I, I decided not to talk about my two best hunts because I feel like I've talked about those so much that I've said all I want to say about them. In fact, okay. we talked about them within the last few weeks. So I, l- I actually left out my two best hunts of the year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, you can do – well, sure, you do. <laughs> I don't have mine in chronological order, but I can try. I'll try to do mine in chronological order as well. Yeah, we'll okay. do that. Okay. All right. All right, so me first. Yeah, you go first. Okay, so the first hunt that stuck out to me was a um, the last weekend of teal season. Now, this past teal season in Kansas was a bit of a struggle. Normally, almost every year we fill limits in teal, and there's just blue wings everywhere. And this year, in, in the off-season before coming into the teal season – Kansas, mostly eastern Kansas, but also central Kansas too, we just got rain and rain and rain and rain and rain, and it really did quite a bit of damage to um, a lot of the habitat. Now, central Kansas still had decent habitat, but with the heavy rain, it wasn't quite as good as normal. But right above Kansas into Nebraska, there's a place called the Rainwater Basin, which is central Nebraska, southern central Nebraska, and I think it even goes over into eastern Nebraska a little bit. And the rainwater basin, my understanding is it cannot get too much water. Um, it's just little pools. And the more water they get, the more potholes they have. And so the rainwater basin this teal season was, and even into early duck season, was an absolute duck magnet. I mean, the, the birds got in there and they just would not leave. So the first couple weekends of teal season, man, I mean, we did okay. 
but we just we compared to normal it was just not productive not productive so the first weekend we did pretty decent the second weekend we did terrible third weekend we could we didn't know where there's any teal i mean um it was just dire straight so um i went down on friday um to central kansas and my dad who i called fumble mitts and i we scouted all day long and man we just flat out were not seeing birds and at, at one point it was just like we're not looking for a bunch of teal we're we're just looking for a little pocket of teal and i was like you know I mean, if we shoot a teal or two i'm gonna be happy because the teal season at this point was just really diving around. you know how when you get into a hunting area and you just don't feel like there's any ducks there just that feeling kind of it kind of starts weighing on you you're just like man there's just no birds here there's just no birds here and uh, that's what we were looking at after an entire day of scouting. And it was funny because my whole theme throughout that early teal season that I talked in my videos was don't be a kill dependent hunter. I'm not going to be a kill dependent hunter. And I, on a day-to-day basis, I do pretty good about that. But if the bad hunt starts stacking up, I start struggling a little bit. And I, I sometimes lose my ability to enjoy a hunt if I'm on a bad streak of, you know, few skunks in a row it just kind of starts weighing on me so and that's kind of the situation i was in i just i wanted a good hunt and you know since i've been videoing the pressure it even gets more because now i'm putting out videos and you know people want to see birds getting shot and and you know the pressure starts laying on you a little bit so after this day of scouting it was just, it was just looking bad and so it was my dad and golden boy and i and we were at camp and um, cause we, when we go down to this place, we typically camp out there and stay a couple days. And I had a buddy, um, come and join us at camp and he's actually one of the managers at this complex. And, um, you know, he, I mean, he, he knows where the birds are and where they're not. And he's like, well, you know, this morning, this one particular spot on this Creek, he's like, I did see a few groups of teal going into that area. So that might, Matt and I might not be a bad place. For you guys to try so now all of a sudden i'm excited because i mean if my friend matt says this is where the birds are then that's where they are and and so I, we were really really optimistic about the whole thing so in the morning we got up and for now to give you guys a little more context um central kansas not many trees it's just plains and prairie marshes but this was a little bit of a creek that connects several marshes and on this creek you have flooded smartweed some trees around some of the sections but still pretty open um just a kind of a small creek that you can paddle around on and 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 so we paddled up the creek and we were looking for these smart weed beds um that we were hoping to set up in and matt had told us kind of exactly where he saw the birds going and we got in there and man it just there was no smart weed on this on this section at all and i mean i never ever would have picked to set up at this spot just based on what the terrain looked like, what the smart weed looked like, or didn't look like because there was none there. But, you know, okay, like, all right. Um, so I started to actually get a little bit pessimistic. Um, and Aiden's like, look, let's just, he, he told us where to go. Let's set up where he said. Um, and I'm like, okay, all right, let's set up there. And, you know, sure enough, man, the sun starts coming up. And within five minutes, we had a group of about five just come from the left and just coast right into the decoys. We shot a couple out of those, um, and then five minutes later, we had another group come in. We shot three out of that, and so within about an hour, I'd say it, was, it wasn't crazy action. But remember, I was I was hoping to shoot a bird or two, 
And after about an hour or so, I had my limit and Aiden was one away from his limit. And um, then my dad, who was doing most of the filming at that time, he picked up his gun. And I don't I think when he picked up his gun, the movement pretty much pretty much stopped and settled down. And so um, the movement died. Aiden needed one more bird and we saw the birds some activity. You know, this this little creek just winds and snakes all around. So um, we saw some activity on this other section. So we picked up, moved over there. And just so Aiden could try to get his last duck and maybe my dad would shoot one or two. And this was the first day, you know, you get into September when it's just like you want it so bad to be fall, but it's hot and there's mosquitoes. <laughs> and that first like fall day, you know, where it's like cool and you can wear a hoodie. This was that. It was that first cool fall day. And we had hoodies on the whole time. So we moved to this other section and we got out the little cook stoves and made some soup and stuff. And and um, I remember talking about this on, on the video. It's like the emotion that I had as I was sitting there eating my soup, waiting for Aiden to shoot his last bird on the first cool fall day. It's like I turned around, I turned the camera, I told the guys, like, this emotion I'm having right now is the emotion that makes us all want to waterfowl hunt. It's like that total satisfaction and contentment and it compounded on the fact that we were camping out so we had nothing to do that day except sit there shoot this last bird then go back to camp clean the birds cook the birds sit around have a beer or two you know it's just like and that emotion just overwhelmed me of happiness and i was like this is it right here this is why we do what we do this is this is what we're seeking when we waterfowl hunt um and man it was just it was phenomenal. That one moment. In fact, the name of the video is chasing that feeling. Cause it's just like that one moment. I just realized like, this is it. <laughs> this is that feeling that we all waterfowl hunt for. And it just made, I'll never forget that moment. It, it was the first time it just like completely became clear to me of like what I'm trying to achieve in waterfowl hunting. It's that feeling of just contentment and, and happiness sitting there. So Oh, I'm reliving it right now. That <laughs> was a good day. It was a really spec. And Aiden did shoot his last bird. And then we went home. The next day was sucked, but that was okay. But it was just a wonderful, wonderful day. Yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah. If you had to rank that one, I know you didn't want to say, of the ones you're going to talk about, can you put that in, a, in order? That could, I mean, well, I mean, it's not Mallard, so it's hard to compare. But, you know, as far as um, on my, all of my hunts for the whole season, I would probably rank that hunt number three in enjoyment after the two I'm not even going to talk about. You know, I had the mallard weekend where it was just unbelievably all world mallard hunting where I had two days in a row. Outside of those two hunts, I'd say that this hunt would be number one as far as just total satisfaction. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Here's my uh, my first one is um, it was called Michigan Duck Hunting Opener Public Land, um, and this was the first big duck hunt of the season, and so um, to kind of put it into like into I guess the right perspective, I mean um, it, I was going somewhere that I'd never hunted during duck season like this. 
Um, I was going some like just kind of winging it, you know. And I mean, you always have like huge expectations, or you want to anyway, of what the ducking is gonna be like. Um, but it was just me and Swamp Man. We were borrowing uh, the 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 duck boat um, from Hunter and his dad with the mud motor on it to go out to this huge marsh um, and go duck hunting. So um, just all that, even with like any of that, it was just going to be like something completely new for, for me. Um, kind of going in that way anyways. But uh, yeah, we headed, we headed up to Michigan and got in the marsh and we got out there super early and we did have a little bit of direction um from one of the guys out there he 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 told me about the marsh showed me the marsh um and then from there i was able to kind of see where the birds were and like we just get out there it's like 10 30 at night and like um you know we've talked about this before like the michigan bogs like where you just can't tell like (laughs) they're just like all around in this marsh and we didn't know how to get where we wanted to and so like um, as we're driving through there at night trying to like, I'm like, Oh, I saw a lot of birds like out this way. And we try to go there. And every time we tried to go, we just got like stopped by a bog and we'd spin the boat around and, and go and we, and we get stopped by another bog and we just couldn't find our way over there. So eventually we had to cut and go a different way. And again, we just kept, we, we just kept finding birds though. Um, you know, <laughs> unfortunately we're, we're busting birds up trying to get to our spot, but, um, I mean, it was just amazing the number of birds there um, in that marsh. And um, so eventually, finally, we got to our, a spot we were willing to hunt. Uh, but, we again, we had no idea um, really what we are getting into and all that. So um, just kind of as the hunt went along, though, um, we did an all-day sit on this hunt. Um, in the morning, we were in the wrong spot. You know, we saw the birds coming around. They didn't want to land where we were, where we were at. We were having having trouble getting them to finish um, in our decoys, and we did have some early on, um, but most of them would just flare off of us. And I don't know if uh, most likely it was cover. We just weren't in the right spot, and we weren't where the birds wanted to be. So a combination of that. So it was like all day we're kind of fighting these issues. Um, you know, somewhere we were, we had to do all this work to get into. Um, <laughs> we barely slept the night before, and then we hunt. You know, the first half of the day we had like four birds. And so, honestly, we were a little down at that point. And we, we literally were talking about, like, just, like, packing it up and quitting, <laughs> which is, like, a terrible. But, I mean, we're just, you know, when you're super tired like that. Um, but, anyways, we decided to get it out. And we went around scouting. And we found this, this n- another spot that wasn't too far away from where we are sitting that we saw birds working in all morning. Um, and sure enough, we get over there. There's just smart weed all over the place. There's duck feathers everywhere. And we're like, this is going to be perfect. So we get set up in that. And sure enough, um, you know, as the as the evening came in and the birds started coming back to the marsh, um, I mean, they were just, I mean, we would see them flying and we would just call and the birds would respond and just like, just like perfect. You know, <coughs> y- you always want days where, where you're able to utilize your calling to get birds in there, but we're calling them and they just turn right into us. And uh, for that evening hunt, I mean, it was like, it was just like dynamite. I mean, these birds were just coming in there and cupping all the way in and uh (laughs) i remember literally it was it was going down to the final minutes and i was at five birds and zach was at four birds we i mean we had multiple mallards 
actually everything else we shot for the that evening at that point was mallards we had mallards cupping in which is you know like on october 4th and you're shooting mallards it's just like <laughs> you know come on it can't get better than that so um we did we shot one gadwall one widgeon we shot one widgeon <laughs> and we shot um the rest mallards and we got up to our um i had five birds and zach had four we're, i mean we we're splitting a lot and you know kind of trading back and forth who who was claiming the bird when when you both think you shot it so um we had a lot of that going on but uh but uh, right at the last minute, I mean, it was like two or three minutes, and we're both trying to finish off our limit. And I just had a teal come pass um, and took a passing shot at, at the teal and, and finished off my limit literally with just like a couple minutes to spare. And so, uh, I mean, we shot between the two of us, we shot 10 birds. And it was just like, um, it just felt like we conquered something. You know, we overcame all the, the odds against us, kind of going into a place we weren't familiar with at all. Uh, we gutted it out. We did the all-day set, and it was just rewarding kind of figuring it out and making it work and honestly when I think about next season you know trying that again which it's probably never going to live up to the hype next year there'll be like no birds that place or something like that or or who knows you know whatever it could be but it's just like um I don't know um it just felt like uh it felt fulfilling to hunt it that way and kind of find success through it and and push through and um you know, really kind of fight for it. Um, and, and there's like a big difference because I, I get to hunt with Tim, Tim and Hunter, and he has a lot of really, really awesome private land ponds. And those those hunts can be like, I mean, they can be fire. I mean, it can be awesome. We can have birds just pouring in there right at the morning, you know, flock after flock after flock, and we're shooting all greenheads, all mallards. And those hunts are fun for sure. I mean, it's really fun to have a, a hunt where shoot them up, um, shoot them up and, and, you know, have a nice bag at the end of it, everybody's shooting their limit or most everybody. But it's just a completely different feeling when um, you're doing all the work and it's more kind of unknown. It's more like, I, I don't know, you know, you, you probably know what I'm talking about, Elliot, kind of the, the feeling there, yeah. the sentiment there of yep. a wild hunt versus a farm pond hunt. It's just totally yeah. different. So It is. Um, it's completely different. And for me, the most success I've found has always been on those farm hunts. Um, but to find success on something that was more of that public land grind out style was a lot of fun. I, I can agree with you. You know, we hunt Corn's Pond and I love hunting that pond and it's really fun to hunt that pond. But when you are, when you get clear back into a public marsh and you find the birds on your own, and you shoot a limit out there and and it's maybe even been a little bit physically demanding <laughs> and that feeling of of having success there is a much more satisfying feeling to me than on that private pond where you drive the truck right up to the bank you get out put stuff up and i like those hunts sometimes i prefer those hunts because i'm tired yeah. but you know when you it, it's just something special about doing it on public land yeah and if you're i mean if you if that's the kind of style you do the private ponds and all that and you have fun with it and you're nothing against that but i would highly recommend you know getting out and grinding it every <clears> once in a while um <laughs> it's just i mean yeah. for me it's a lot of fun maybe it's not for everybody but it's like you said like the ones where you have to work for it you're sweating for it you don't know what's going to happen and then it's kind of it feels like you earned it or you made it happen um to some degree yeah well, and on a private pond too, that's yours. It's like those are your birds, right? 
on public land, they're anybody's, but you're the one that got them, you know? Yeah, that's true. And that's, there's some that competition adds, adds there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The scout, everything so, that goes into it. On that hunt you were on, did you have any birds like it at midday? Did, oh yeah. We, we, I had, I had three and I think Zach had one and he okay. would have had more, but his gun literally was uh, jamming. It would just, he'd only had, he had a single shot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, <laughs> pretty much we'd have a bird. If you missed on the first shot, I'd have it. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> midday sucks. we had, we only had the four. Um, and I, the thing was, there's just birds everywhere. We just couldn't get them to finish. And, um, you know, public land, we, you know how it is. So, mm-hmm. um, but a bonus onto that, we did, we stayed there for two days. Second day we had to leave at noon and, uh, we hunted the same spot. Again, we had to do some adjustments and made it happen but um i mean we didn't limit but we had a, a pretty solid morning hunt on the second day as well i can't wait to go back and watch it. i know i've seen that but hearing you talk about it i can't wait to once after we get done with this let's put that playlist together oh yeah i want to watch these hunts probably tonight <laughs> <laughs> all right let's let's go cool. on to your second one okay so i'm a little bit torn on which where to go with the second one i had an idea in mind okay um, so this hunt kind of still plays into Kansas last year and the flooding and the destroyed habitat. So the Eastern side of the state definitely got hit a lot harder, especially when you're talking Missouri river bottoms and, and I mean, crops were decimated. There's no moist soil vegetation. It's just, even on the reservoirs, it was, just, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. Now, if you were a field hunter, you know, you could get into some corn and do okay, but that's not really, you know, our forte. So um, as the season started opening up here on this side of the state, I live on the eastern side of the state, we, we were really struggling. We were really struggling. In fact, we were having to go back to central Kansas even more often than we would just because we felt like if we want, if we want to shoot birds, that's, that's where we need to go. And so we did some of that. And um, then we had the Flyways Collective, which was right first week of November and and we did great that was in central Kansas we did fantastic there but after that it was time to come back home to the east side of the state and we had the, the reports were terrible and we, we were just struggling struggling to find birds so um, in September I moved out to in the country I moved about 30 minutes away where I had lived and in, in, in the city out into the country and as I did this I started to get some hearing um actually golden boy found out about it from someone and told me he's like you know have you ever looked at this um one particular place he's like apparently there's a public marsh here and i never knew about it and and so and i had never known about it and i I got the name of it which i'm not going to give you guys um i might tell jordan if he's lucky but it turns out this place is 15 minutes from my new property and i started I'm scouting the place and looking at it and, and literally, literally there's no, you can drive by this place and it's public land. They don't have any parking lots really visible. There's no public land signs. You go on the internet and you can almost find nothing about this place on the internet. I'm like, what in the world's going on with this? So we had flooding and then waters were shading. I wasn't even sure like how much water does this place actually hold? Um, if it's not flooding and does it actually hold birds? And, and so I mean, 15 minutes from my house, if I could, if I could have success at this place, it, it's just going to be a game changer. It's, it's so close to my house. And if I can get teal in there, I might even be able to do some hunts, you know, 
after school or after work's over and, and such. So I really, really was, was, um, had a high hopes about this place and I scouted it and whatnot, but really hadn't seen any birds in there yet. Um, so my dad was scouting it during the week and he's like, I'm seeing birds and, and I'm seeing birds. So he scouted it Friday morning and he was seeing a lot of birds going clear back in the back end of this place. And this place, even if you know it's there, it's not easy to access um, the back sections of, of this. It's very physically demanding. And so there is one creek that, um, fairly shallow creek, that if you drag your kayaks down the banks, put it on the creek, and this creek is some, is sometimes is too low, you can't even do it. But if the creek is high enough, you can do about a mile and two-fourths, two-fifths, or I guess a mile and a fourth kayak ride. Um, and get clear back in there and then get out of your kayak, portage it up this really steep bank, um, and then get into some of these pools back there. So that was our idea we were going to try to do. Now, my dad's 76, so that's, you know, another challenge for us. And, and for him to even be able to do hunts like this, the guy's just an absolute stud. I, I can promise you I won't be doing this type of hunt when I'm 76. And I'm just going to like, when I'm 76, I'm probably going to be more amazed about my father than I am now. But so it was myself, my dad and Simeon, which is my um, oldest stepson. And so we got out there super early because we knew where the birds were. And we put those, put the, on the kayaks on, on the little river and went clear down the channel. Now this, this channel, um, this, this side of the state's a lot more trees than central Kansas. So, but most of this section is still open with it's, it's open marshes with some surrounding hills with a lot of trees on it, basically. And as you come down the Creek, it's all lined with trees on both sides to kind of overhang the, the river. So doing that in the dark, it was like, and we had our head flashlights and everything, but it was just pitch, pitch black, pitch, pitch black. And so we got all the way back in there and I had never fully scouted this particular section. So I was going in kind of blind a little bit and I was having problems getting phone reception, which made another problem of like trying to get to the place. I knew where I wanted to go, but in the dark and with no GPS. So we got our boats clear up the mud banks once we kayaked in there. And some of that mud um, at the sides of creeks, if you've ever tried to traverse creeks, sometimes for the first five yards, you get knee deep mud. And that was the situation here. So it's it about five yards of knee deep mud. And then extremely steep banks, but not so steep you couldn't get over them, but steep enough that pulling your whole load of kayak and decoys and everything was really, really tough. Um, so we did that. We got up the banks and then my GPS wasn't working. So I told Simeon and my dad, just, you know, wait here and let me just go and and look around and see if I can find this one little pool I was looking for. And the name of this hunt is, is actually, um, what was it? This was right here. Looking for the name of it. Mallard hunt, uh, shooting mallards over a tiny water hole. So I, I ended up in the dark finding this little hole and went back, got my dad and got Simeon, brought him over to it. We got it all set up. And, and even this little hole was, you know, there really wasn't any vegetation in it. Um, but it was just kind of a little pond back in there. There were several marshy areas in a pond. And, and so we had some willow trees on one side of it that was kind of out in um, the pool, but it was dry and just muddy. 
Uh, because this was starting to dry up, that the flood had been gone for, this was um, about the second week of November. The flood was over and things were really receding. And so this little hole probably dried up within three weeks from then. I, I imagine it was probably gone. So, but we were optimistic with everything my dad had seen and everything, but we weren't going to have much wind. So anyway, we got back into the willows and we were just sitting on stools um, and we set out our decoys. We had the, the jerk rig and everything. And actually, um, compared to the birds that my dad saw flying, there was there was only not even a half as many flying this day as the morning before. But it ended up being a, a really fantastic hunt. Um, as we were sitting back in the trees, we would just all of a sudden, you know, every 30 minutes or so, we'd get mallards and they'd be circling around, circling around. And, and um, they would circle a lot. We never landed a whole flock, but we would get a pair, a single you know, three or four more. And this was Simeon's first time of the year. So I was giving him first shot on anything. Um, and he shot his limit. He shot fantastic he shot. So, and they were all mileage, but, um, that he shot, no, hold on. I think he shot a, he shot a shovel, a shoveler that day. Cause we did actually have, um, it was mileage and shovelers. We would have, but they acted totally different. So we'd see the mallards and they'd be circling kind of over top of us. We, when we saw the shovelers, they would always either come from left to right or right to left. And they would just swoop through the decoys and buzz through, which kind of added a nice little mix to it. Um, so by the end of the day, I think we ended up with 13 or 14 birds. I think like eight mallards and, and the rest shovelers. But um, we just hadn't had any success on this side of the state. And... I had never had success at this actual place that I'm so excited about. So just that whole thing of, okay, we finally did well on this side of the state and this place 15 minutes from a house that I didn't even know existed. I know now that some days you can have success here. You know, it just, it just ended up being a really, um, really successful, enjoyable day. Uh, it, it was physically demanding like we talked about before, but you know, you get back in there and you feel like, I mean, we didn't hear anyone else. We didn't see us like we had the whole place to ourselves. That's how it felt. So it was just a really, it was the first decent mallard hunt. In fact, it was the third best mallard hunt um, of the whole, out of the whole season. And so, you know, anytime you get those on a bright sunny day, you get those green heads circling around and you're calling them and they're dropping down in and, you know, your boy is shooting. It was his first mallard limit of his life. So it was just. It, all in all, it was just a phenomenal day. Awesome, yeah. It, uh, I, I remember that one, but like you said, I, I definitely need to <laughs> watch that one for a refresher. Um, but you know, hearing you talk at the beginning of your of your uh, explaining the hunts, it just reminds me like there's so many places you talk about that I want to go hunt. <laughs> like mm. even when I've <laughs> gone out there with you to Kansas, you're like, oh, and we're going by, and you're like in this place, and that's where like. Um, you know wh wherever it is you know it's like the closest you can get to like hunting timber in, in kansas and i'm like man i'd love to hunt that or like you know like <laughs> yeah. you know you got all these spots everywhere and different kind of yeah kansas terrain so yeah you know. on my hunt stats um i have created 40 over 40 different hunt locations now some of them are different spots at the same complex yeah. you know like pool a pool b or whatever but i've got over um over 40 different hunt locations created on my, on my stat site. So there is, it's a, we've got a lot of options. We really do. You know, I need to, I need to get down to Kansas more often. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. 
I was just thinking about that. It's like the whole um, month of December last year where I was just in like a terrible law. I should have just like, instead of just getting skunked over and over, I should have just packed up after work on a Friday and gone to Kansas. You guys well, and our wives get along so well, and we got an extra bedroom. Yeah. So, you know, pack <laughs> up the family and the old chiefy. Bring and, it uh, on. You guys don't get skunked in Kansas, so it's perfect. I did. I actually, I added up. Um, this was, I haven't done this. I have not done this percentage for a long time, but three years ago I added it up, and my skunk rate was 12% of all hunts are skunks. So, you know, about one out of every 10. So that's two or three a year about, which I don't. I don't think that's bad. You know, get skunked no. three times a year, three, four times a year. It's not, not bad. I probably got skunked more last year than you got skunked your whole life. I don't know that the season two of FDH, I got skunked 45% <laughs> of my hunts. Yeah. I have never experienced anything like that in my life. It was just brutal. Oh my gosh. That was awful. Yeah. 45%. That that would be bad. And I, I'm just kidding. I had actually one of my, I had my best season last season, so I can't say anything about that. I did have a, a terrible law, though, of skunks, which makes my season even crazier. But uh, second, the second hunt I got on here, um, and I really wanted to throw a hunt like this in there. And this one's just kind of a, a close-to-home um, wood duck hunt, and I feel like it is an underappreciated hunting style. I love wood duck hunts. And I know, Elliot, like, you're not the biggest fan. Like, any day of the week, you're like, no, I'll take mallards over wood ducks. And I think that's kind of mm-hmm. like a, the majority of duck hunters would say that. But it's it really is a staple, I, I believe, of, of East Coast hunting, especially, like, Southern East Coast. Um, you know, even through the Midwest, there's some great wood duck holes. And this one in particular, I love hunting it. I mean, I and part of it is just, like, early season, I, I've had so much success on it and if you know how to hunt it right i mean you're getting birds that work right into your your decoys if, if you're in the right place with the right setup um i mean you still have to have the right concealment it, it obviously isn't uh, a mallard hunt but um for me it's just it's just a lot of fun and and uh you know not only that but i've had <laughs> i have like years of good memories at this at this place as well but this year it was me and uh zach swamp man um, going out there for the old wood duck hunt and um, the first time you hunt into the season it's always you know stellar and so we just had birds working all over the place and I mean it was it was super quick um, and I had my limit of wood ducks and you know they just come in and honestly Swamp Man you know I'm not throwing them, <laughs> throwing them under the bus at all but he was having a little bit of struggle on a shooting and he honestly, he's actually a, a very good shot. But uh, on that day, he was struggling on a shooting. And, and you know, I'd have a wood duck come in and pop, you know. Um, I'd shoot it. And then, you know, maybe he'd shoot at one and he'd miss. And then, you know, I'd clean it up. And then, but anyways, um, what I'm trying to get at is I had my three and I was done with my wood ducks. And he had one. So we're kind of waiting around. And, um, you know, um, I'm getting better at it every year. But still being a relatively new waterfowl hunter and not having a lot of chances where I need to have really, really good identification of the birds. Um, you know, a prime example is we shoot our four mallards and we just pack up and leave because we're not expecting to see anything else. 
So I'm very rarely am I at the point where I'm like at my four birds and I need to be picking out like be 100% without a doubt like this is not another mallard or something or something like that you get the idea so i had my three wood ducks and we had birds working in um and you know i'd try to identify them and i never could tell in time (laughs) whether it was a bird that i could shoot and zach still had his you know he was still working through his he still had his wood duck limit open um so you know we had a group come in and it'd be like um you know flock come in and poppy shoot it and and it fall down it was a mallard i'm like well, I could have shot at those, but I couldn't tell in time. You know, they come swinging by, and um, they didn't finish all the way down on the set, you know. Um, so I was running into that problem. And then, so he got he got a mallard. He has wood duck. Um, we had a group. We were working them and working them and working them. And we kept kind of having this back-and-forth conversation while we're, we're calling. I'm like, are those wood ducks? They don't look like wood ducks. And he's like, yeah, they're wood ducks. And then he's like, no, are they wood ducks? And we couldn't tell. You know, um, until they worked right over the set, and um, they weren't. It was a group of gadwall, and so he shot his, and I mean, they came right. I mean, like fifteen yards right over in front of us, and I mean, the times I've seen gadwalls, I can count on like one hand. You know, the times I've actually had gadwall working to my set because we just don't have them in Indiana. So the times I've seen them are in Kansas. Um, you know, up to that point. Uh, so <laughs> unfortunately. I couldn't pull the trigger on that, um, just not knowing what it was. And sure enough, you know, seeing that bird just flopping in the water with the huge red patch on its on, uh, on its wing. <laughs> and, um, you know, so that was pretty cool seeing, like, the gadwall out there and, and all that. And so um, we ended that day. He had three birds, and I had three birds. And it was just a really fun hunt. And something also I want to say that, like, really goes into how I feel about a hunt is, um, and I think most dog owners can kind of uh, – um, relate to this but how well your dog does and i mean he had um some great retrieves he, as well as on the michigan hunt he had some great great finds of birds that sailed but on this one too we're, we're hunting in this really thick stuff and it's it really is a bog and i didn't honestly i didn't know that that's what it was until i started hunting in michigan and they have tons of bogs everywhere but uh it's really really heavy vegetation so sometimes we have birds that fall behind us and you know there's a lot of time and he's sitting in the momar so a lot of times he can kind of see the general direction if they fall behind us but he doesn't have a real good mark on it um but he had some really good retrieves where the bird you know fell behind us and he'd jump out of the momarsh and go back there and get it and um you know uh i just i just felt real really good about um i guess his performance on that hunt as well so yeah i just wanted to kind of throw a wood duck hunt in there because i know <laughs> Or at least I feel like it's underappreciated. And I have so much fun with these wood duck hunts. I would like to shoot more wood ducks. <clears throat> Actually, we, we live a mile from a creek, and we were told by some neighbors that live right down by it that in the past this guy did used to shoot some wood ducks down there. So if I, I would love to do like a quick afternoon wood duck type of thing. I would like to get into it more. Well, you need to do it first thing in the morning. It's gonna, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good active. one for you. Oh yeah. It's always, I mean, just like any other duck, they, they fly up first thing in the morning and you ambush them. So, and that just to, just throw the name out of that hunt. Um, that hunt was wood duck limit with mallard and gaddy surprise hybrid farm duck. Oh yeah. I forgot at the end of that, we found that farm duck that, that I named uh, Theodore. So 
yeah. <laughs> that was weird. That you guys got to see that video just to see the weird farm dust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I saw him three times. Every time I went out there until it froze, he was out there. So he, he obviously couldn't. He was a farm duck, hybrid farm duck that couldn't fly. So based on our time, you think we're going to do three each or how, how many you think we're going to be able to do? Um, let's do four. Let's do four. Okay. That sounds good. All right. So I'm going to go back to the youth hunt. Um, so I've got three boys, two stepsons and a biological son. Simeon is the oldest and then Nevin is the middle and then Elijah is the third. And, and during this 2019 hunting season, Simeon was a junior, Nevin was a sophomore, and Elijah was a freshman. Now, um, the guys will go out hunting with me. They do not have the fire for it um, like I do, but at the same time, I'm not sure I had that fire when I was in high school. You know? so some kids do. I was more into basketball in the fall and and, and whatever, so I don't know. They, they just don't go out as much as maybe I, I wish that they would, or maybe I need to push them about a little bit more, but um, this hunt was a youth hunt. And the title of it is Most Difficult Hunt of My Entire Life, Duck Hunt Number 9. And this actually takes place the the same um, hunting spot that the previous one I talked about with Simeon and my dad was. But this area of that marsh is, is what I thought was a lot easier to access. You can just park at this, excuse me, park at this spot and just start walking in. Now, um, I'm going back in time a little bit. From, I said I was going to do it chronological, but... I messed up. So this one actually was mid <laughs> mid October. So the floods were still in full effect. Well, actually the floods were waning. Um, we had gone out. My dad, Elijah, and myself had gone out um, like a week prior to this hunt, and this whole area was completely flooded. I mean, you could drop in your kayak and just go anywhere you wanted to go in this area. And so we had scouted it, and only we had seen a few ducks, but only a few, and that was like on a Saturday. So um, as the week progressed, I went out and scouted it Thursday night. I went out and scouted it Friday night, but I was just using binoculars, and I fully explored the place, but so I was just watching what the birds were doing. I was seeing a lot of bird movement, and the water was still to the point where, where I saw all these birds going down, I was pretty certain that we could drag our kayak out to this place, no problem. Um, maybe there was a few areas that, that were, we could actually paddle our kayak for the most part, maybe have to drag it a little bit, but no problem. And I didn't get really far out into this at this point because I didn't want to scare the birds. And I'd say the water was down a good 12 inches from when we had been in there the week before. But I felt really, really confident. And I was talking to my buddy Jason, and he has a son named Hunter, who he's actually been on the channel. Um, Jason, I, I call Hunter the little slayer because he's like a, I don't know, he's like a 12 year old kid. He's very accomplished little hunter for this, for this age. Cause he, he's got fire in his belly, this little hunter kid. And actually, Elijah, um, is, he is just an absolutely wonderful kid. Just fantastic kid. But he's a little self-conscious sometimes, a little, it can be a little bit shy. And a, a video I had him on the previous year in 2018. Um, it was my dad, Nevin, Elijah, myself, and Nevin shot his limit quick. I shot my limit, and Elijah was just, he was missing everything. It was a teal hunt, and there was teal everywhere, and I literally, I bet you he shot 40, 50 shells. I mean, he really was such an inexperienced hunter, 
I had, I had taken him and, and to the um, shoot trap a few times, shoot skeet a few times, and he, and he did okay. But, you know, when you're on a bad shooting streak and it kind of gets in your head and it can get really, really bad. Well, on this hunt for like it got really, really bad. Um, I mean, it is to the point where, I mean, you can only encourage someone, and I'm still talking about the hunt in 2018. <clears throat> you, can, you can encourage someone only so much um, until at some point you don't have anything else to say. And it got to that point. So, so fine, he actually ran out of 20 gauge shells. So I gave him my my uh, Beretta, and actually, when we switched guns, all of a sudden he started pounding them, and he hit like four out of his last, or I think three out of his last four or five shots, and ended up feeling great, and he was all happy, and, and the hunt was a great success. And actually, I, I hid that whole part of it from the video in the video for the most part, because I mean, have you ever been with someone Jordan that just can't hit anything and starts getting uncomfortable? Um. Yeah, no, I think I, yeah, I have for sure. Especially, it, it can get that way. Yeah, with with people who haven't hunted a lot, or you know, but for the most part, I hunt with people, you know, that I've hunted or are not younger. So, um, but yeah. I've seen that like when they first started. You know, some of my mm-hmm. buddies when I I just got them into it. And it just gets it gets downright uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I mean. It gets embarrassing for the person, and it was a it, it from with Elijah. It turned from a real negative experience to a real positive like yeah. by the end. And that's perfect. That's what so, you want. Yeah, yeah, you want it in positive. So as we went into this youth hunt, Elijah knew that Hunter was going to be there, and Elijah knows what kind of accomplished little hunt, little Hunter that Hunter is. But good thing Hunter for the age of twelve, and so he started having these anxiety emotions of, all right, I'm going to go here and I'm going to get outshot by this 12 year old i'm 15 and i'm just gonna look like a fool right and i kept trying to tell him like we're not hunting with them elijah there we're gonna meet we're gonna have breakfast they're gonna go off one way we're gonna go off the other and just don't worry he's like i know but if, if i if i see terrible and we come back to the truck and hunter's done really good and i've shot horrible so he's like he's running this anxiety narrative in his head right and i i don't know what to say i can't, I can't get him out of this i'm like it doesn't matter you know but to him, this is a big deal. He's got this little kid who he's used, who he knows has shot a lot more birds than he has, and he's just deathly afraid of going out there. And because, you know, I mean, imagine in that hunt in 2018. Here I am. I've got this YouTube channel. I've got, you know, 25,000 subscribers. I've got, I've got the video camera going, and he literally runs out of shells to shoot them. I mean, he was missing water swats, and it was, it was awful. Now, like I said, I hit it on the video, but this was a really traumatic experience for him until the end, which is positive. But that still didn't didn't get that taste out of his mouth of just having a feeling incompetent, video camera going, people there watching him, you know. And so he was reliving some of the anxiety before this hunt. And I was trying to encourage him the best I can. And, and so, it, you know, we went out there and we met with um, Jason and Hunter first thing in the morning at our breakfast and everything. And then we took off, we got in our kayak, started paddling um, right to where we were going to go. Um, a lot quicker than I expected, the water became about ankle deep. And so we got out, we were pulling the kayak, and everything was fine until we hit up against just straight mud. And I knew on the opposite side of this straight mud was where I had seen all the birds the last two nights. And I'd seen a lot of them. And so I'm like, okay. My choice is either to go backwards and set up in a place that I didn't want to set up in or just go ahead and try to get through this mud. Um, and we decided to go ahead and try to get through the mud. And this mud 
And Jordan, I mean, you've experienced the mud we had on that muddy hunt with Josh, Mount Orleans, and it was that type of mud. It was yeah. like every step you go into, not <laughs> knee deep, but calf deep, and you're pulling your foot out, your feet coming out of your waders, and you're pulling. We had a lot of decoys, and we had two kayaks, a lot of gear. And when you try to throw a pole, a kayak through mud like that, it's like it's in cement. There's, it's just beyond difficult, especially yeah. when your feet are coming out of your waders every time. And and it got to the point where, I mean, you 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 get out there and you can't. It's like, well, I'm not, I can't go back now. I've gone so far. But this was as physically demanding of a hunt, of a moment, as I have ever experienced duck hunting, where it's just like this is too much that's why i put on the thumbnail how much is too much is like physically it was absolutely too much yeah for me so i remember and, but i remember this hunt, watching it um your video from it and it's kind of interesting to, to hear some of your perspective on it like uh and i can't remember from the video but i was like you know i knew you know with a young hunter and all that and like um and i was like man taking taking your your son out there on that hunt such a difficult hunt and it's like uh, almost like you said, it's almost too difficult that it's a negative experience for him. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting to hear some of your perspective on that. You know, how it's like you didn't plan for that. You didn't think that it was going to be a muddy mess going into that. And because um, it's like you said, I remember part of it where you filmed it. And like um, it's like you literally just had to go or you're not going to like the, that's your only option to keep going forward. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I knew from the area that once I got across, I could go a different route coming out and it would be much easier. At that point, there's a you and Elijah, I was ahead of him, but I'm looking back on him. I mean, he was tough as nails. He never complained. He never, I mean, he was struggling through it. And we got through it and I could not have been more proud of him and the job that he did getting through this crap. And I had Izzy with me, which if you guys don't know, Izzy is my, she's going to be turning 13 in a couple months. And I only took her out two or three times last year. I thought this was going to be an easy hunt. And so Izzy has arthritis in her left shoulder, and she's got a bad limp. But I'm like, on easy hunts, where I know I know I can take her out, I took her out about three times. And I had to kick her out of the boat because, like, I cannot pull this boat with this 80, 75-pound dog in here, plus all the gear. And now I've got this old half cripple dog in this mud, you know, trying to slog through it and everything. But we got through it. We did it. We made it through. And on the other side was fresh, clean water, not bad mud. And so we set up and everything. And um, the way less moving than I had been seeing the night before. I don't know whether these birds were just using this as a night place or whether they changed their pattern. I don't know. But the, the movement was so much less. Than, than what we expected but right off i'd say in about 20 minutes we had a group of three um teal come up over my left shoulder and i, I didn't even see him and um I, I didn't even call the shot but right before they he right before they hit the water he jumps up and just smokes one right off the bat which so i'm like you know because we still have this whole anxiety over shooting thing so it's like oh yes he nailed it you know he got it that's awesome and, and Izzy got out of the boat. This water here was deep enough that Izzy could swim. And I think that, that was actually her first retrieve of the entire of the entire season. And so she went out and brought this blue wing teal back and everything. 
And then about 45 minutes later, we had these three widgeons circling around and this one widgeon just dropped right out of the sky, just perfect and hovered. And he made just the cleanest kill on this thing. So now he's two for two, right? And so things are definitely feeling a lot better. He's feeling good. He killed these two birds. We got through all the mud. He did just like, he was just an absolute champ and everything. So that, that's all the birds he shot that day. He only ended with two, but he felt really good. I mean, he was two for two. He felt great. Turns out Hunter was like 0 for 3, didn't kill anything. <laughs> so that, I wanted Hunter to do well, but, you know, that made Elijah feel better that he was the one that had gone 2 for 2 and Hunter hadn't, hadn't shot anything and everything. So um, then on the way out of the hunt, um, did, did you I shoot any? No, this was youth hunt. So I didn't oh, okay, there. okay. Yep, yep. And Izzy made a nice retrieve on the widget. In fact, I'm pretty sure these were Izzy's only two retrieves of the whole, of the whole season um, on these birds. And so after that, I decided I still needed to do a little more scouting of this area because man, I obsessively stare at locations on Google Earth, and I'd seen some depressions I wanted to look at and everything. And so I kind of left Elijah, and I went and found these depressions, and I got myself into a situation where I was trying to – I ran out of water, and I decided, okay, well, I can either go back or I can kind of try to cut through – because um, I don't think the water runs all the way out. Well, the water did run all the way out, and I'm in like five, six feet. Just I don't know what kind of weeds they were, but just thick weeds. And I was pulling my kayak with a sled, all this gear. And again, I physically, like I fall down. I actually got that on camera. Like I fall down. I again got myself in over my head physically on the way out. Um, but I still look back on the hunt really, really fondly because I just was so proud of Elijah. And how, you know, it's a great lesson for him of battling through mental anxiety, which we all have to do, um, whether it's in a hunt or in a job place. You know, he had all this anxiety going into it. He went into it. He battled all these very, very difficult physical conditions. He got through those like a man. Then he shot like a stud, you know, and, and just the whole experience was, by the time it was over, it was really, really memorable. One of my favorite videos of mine of the year. Um, it didn't get near as many views as I thought it deserved to get. I thought as far as the duck hunting video, it was just interesting. You don't see birds getting killed on, on the video, but it was just, to me, it was an interesting video into some of the harsher times on, on public land, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely a, an excellent choice there for your, <laughs> for your list. All right. So um, next one I got is... Actually, a Kansas hunt, but unfortunately, Elliot, you weren't involved. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on for a second. I'm having some technical problems here. Um, I'm gonna mark this down because I've had twice now Garage Band tell me stop recording. Okay. And tell me something like system overload or something. So I don't think we got that. I'm not sure how much of that I got on that. I've gotten everything up till I talked there on that last time. Because I saw it, I restarted it, and now it's saying it again. So I don't know. Are you, like, out of memory? I'm out of memory on my computer, am I? Let me empty my trash. And stuff. It, it, it was a different notification than that. It wasn't the normal, you're running out of memory notification. Let me check and see the storage real quick. No, I'm not out of memory. It's just something on GarageBand. 
um, I can start a new file. I don't know what to do. Yeah, go ahead and start a new file. So, okay. It looks like, let me, let me unplug this. Well, let me unplug this real quick and just see what it got in here real fast. There, okay. I can't tell without, I can't hear the phone. Yeah, I didn't get any of me talking about that. Okay, we could just switch over. We'll just have a little segment where it's your audio from the phone, and then it'll switch back. Okay, so let me... Why don't I save this and then open up a new one, I guess? I don't know. I've yeah, never we'll done do that. That's before. fine. Okay. Let me know when you do it, and I'll start mine. I'm going to... Alrighty, so um, the next, next one I got is a Kansas hunt, Elliot. Um, but unfortunately, it's not one... <laughs> that you're on with me. So no. it's actually, it's the first one of the flyway collective. Um, and that's probably no surprise to you because we had a really stellar hunt. Um, you put us on a really good spot. So kind of like the whole thing for the flyways collective, it's like a journey. Um, I mean, cause we went all, we went all the way out to central Kansas. Um, I think that's the furthest I've gone as far as a drive to, to duck hunt, um, at this point. So, um, I can't remember how many hours it took, but it took a good while, you know. Um, and my dad came with me, so we drove out there. We stopped partway through um, and got a, a motel, and then we got up the next day because we were planning to get there early enough to help scout that evening. And um, you and Fumbles um, had already been scouting, and you kept sending us pictures <laughs> on the drive of buddies <laughs> yeah. with, like, their boats just piled full of only green mallards, like just greenhead mallards just stacked across the front. And we're just all, our mouths are watering and we're just all amped <laughs> up. And so, I mean, that's kind of like the lead up to it. Like on this long drive over two days, just everything's looking perfect. So um, we get out there and you're like, man, we found the birds enough. We found the birds enough that we're, we have spots that we're not going to hunt because they're loaded and instead we're going to hunt these other spots that are really good still but they're not like the mallard honey holes we're going to save that for the rest of the group when they get there um and so you know, yeah that's cool that's uh it's a bonus hunt for us we're going to get some ducks and like uh, i remember you told us to meet no i think we met, we met at like a gas station and then we drove to the spot and you dropped us off um at this spot and <laughs> we're just sitting there in the parking lot and there's just ducks flying everywhere. We're looking across the prairie grass and there's just, I mean, there literally was just ducks flying everywhere. And it's like a sight like that. That's when you like, you know, in your, in your mind, you're like, how can I make it? Like, how can I convince my wife? This is where we need to live out here in the <laughs> middle of podunk nowhere. Like literally like there's just nothing out there besides prairie grass and ducks, which is great for me, you know, probably not great for the wife, but <laughs> Out there in the, it's probably your dream spot, you know. If you could live nearby that Elliot, you probably would, right? Yep. That's that's the spot. Yep. So, yep. Um, I definitely understand that being out there and seeing all that. So, um, and actually, uh, Josh from Outdoor Limits, um, hunted with us that day. So it was me, Josh, and my dad, and we went out there. Um, this little, I mean, it was a little tiny pond, but. The, there's a big roost behind us, um, I don't even know, a quarter of a mile, 
and then another roost somewhere. And these birds were just flying back and forth and all over the place and buzzing all over. And um, there's been very few times where I can, you know, ever where I've hunted where I can be selective. You know, for the most part, it's like there's a duck. Um, I'm going to shoot it, <laughs> you know, like whatever it is, um, you know, not having that amount of birds to kind of pick from. So it was like partway through the hunt, you know, I shot my limiter redhead. Um, I had a buffalo head. Um, I think I had um, a mallard, you know, and you're, you're just like, okay, like let's try not to shoot any till or whatever like that. Um, but we ended up, you know, towards the end of the hunt, finishing off the limit um, with some till and stuff like that, you know, just to kind of fill it off with whatever. But it was cool to be to have the option to be selective and kind of wait. And, you know, it did pay off. We did have one flock of mallards cup into the set, and, and I popped one one of those to add to my limit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just a super fun hunt um, out there in the prairie. Um, would you call that the prairie? The prairie marshes, Elliot? Oh, definitely. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just a really, really fun hunt, kind of being out in that environment. And, you know, um, that might have been the first redhead I've ever shot, too, I'm pretty sure. Um, and they were there for the whole weekend, redhead were. But kind of the <laughs> the sad part of this was that was really kind of the highlight of, of the weekend because after that, um, the bird numbers just um, were nowhere near what we saw on that day. And even at the end of the hunt, um, you can see this in the video, you know, I take out my, um, my camera and I'm filming and I mean, the video doesn't even do it justice because there's just birds, thousands and thousands of birds, like a, just like a cloud of them coming over us, just, you know, flying. And I think that was them exiting the state. So, <laughs> so yeah, anyways, Kansas hunt, um, super, super fun to get the diversity um, seeing divers in the prairie and all that kind of stuff and, you know, driving all that way to have success on the first day. So definitely stands out to me. And not only that, but I think for sure that's probably, um, and it, he's told me, you know, my dad, that's a bucket list hunt for him to kind of get out there, um, you know, seeing part of the country like that out there hunting. And um, I don't know how many opportunities he's going to get to do stuff like that. So that's definitely pretty cool as well. Um, kind of added bonus to having an awesome hunt. Yeah, that was that was a great day, and man, I played so many scenarios in my head on that scout. Like, where is everyone gonna hunt tomorrow? Where are we gonna hunt today? And I actually almost put you guys into a different spot. Um, and then I, I just thought about that big roof that was back behind you guys. I'm like, no, we've got to be closer to that. We, I, I know I saw ducks over here, but we got to be closer to that. So I'm really glad at the last second we switched. I'm a, I regret a little bit that we didn't hunt with you guys. <laughs> um, because I think it would have been, you guys had a better, I mean, we shot our limit, it was all green. It was a very special hunt. Our hunt. Yeah. Um, but just hunting with you and Josh and your dad and all of those birds in there would have, would have been really fun. Yeah. No, I think we definitely, uh, we definitely would have still been really close to shooting limits all around. Yeah. It was a lot. Oh, you know, the one thing I forgot to say on there is, um, I, we had a pintail work into the, the set and I stood up and took a shot at it and I already had my wood or my, uh, my redhead limit. And, um, Josh, uh, he stood up in, at the same time and he's like, it's, I took one shot at it. I whiffed in my defense. I, 
or in his defense, it's not totally his fault. I did whiff. I had a good shot at it. And this bird was, I would say, 25 yards. And I take the first shot. I miss. I've gone and watched this back on shot cam a few times. And you can tell on shot cam for sure that it's a, it's a pin tail. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, this, this is the closest I've ever seen a pin tail in the flesh. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And everybody, you know, that everybody that follows the YouTube and the podcast knows like that is like my, at this point, it's like my nemesis. It's like the thing I have to defeat to be like, I don't even know. You know, it's just, it's some, I don't know. At this point, it's just eluding me like crazy. But uh, Josh says, it's a redhead, it's a redhead. And he was trying to protect <laughs> me from shooting over my limit of redheads. And the sun was shining right at us. And right on the bird and made the bird look different. You know, it was hard to tell that it was a pintail um, because of the way the sun, the sun was shining on it. Um, and he was just trying to protect me. So I don't fully blame him, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's fun to jab at him on that one as well. So, yeah, just unfortunate. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I would have whiffed the next two shots. Doubt it. There was two of them. <laughs> yeah. So your day will come. I haven't shot a drake in like three years. I'm on a cold stretch, not like your lifetime stretch. It's because you're uh, hanging out with me. Yeah, I know you're bringing bringing bad luck. All right, so we have one more, right? Yep. Okay. So this video takes place, I think it was in January, called Late Season Mallard Hunt with the Golden Boy. And again, we're on the east side of kansas and again we're struggling to find birds and we're just kind of grasping for straws as to where we might be able to go to get on some birds because I'm, I'm getting some reports from people that there's a pot some pockets of birds here and there but you know it's just nothing seems like a very good option so we decide we're going to go down into southeast kansas um, a little bit farther we don't normally go to this area but um I decided I've been wanting to scout down here a little bit more. There's this one pool I've really been wanting to get on and go to. So we're just going to go do it and see what happens. So we, we get out there. We're first one at the ramp. And we're going to have to get in the kayak and paddle a, a half a mile and then portage over a dike and then paddle about another half a mile. So um, we get that done. And, and uh, we have a little bit of frustration on the way because I'm using those new um, – I've got the um, – trolling motor attachment from yak gear that we're using and um i find out you really can't use those in shallow water with vegetation because the wind's blowing and I, I keep trying to get going and and then my prop gets twisted around in vegetation and, and it got it got so bad that i had to actually i just took them back to the car and put them away and th those things are really good in certain situations but not in vegetation and so the whole big start to the hunt was a little bit stressful and everything but um, we've got the HTR A-frame with us, and, and no one else was there. So we got we got plenty of time. And so we got out and got the exact spot that we wanted, and we've got no idea. We have no idea how many birds are out here or what's going on. So we get set up and everything, and there's just not hardly any movement at all. We see a few ducks here, a few ducks there, um, and it's just it's kind of dead. So eventually we start seeing them few more move around but they're all kind of landing out in the distance and and we ended up hunting from sun up until i think about three o'clock and we only we did end up with five ducks finally we had every now and then every couple of hours 
we'd have a, a duck or two come in and, and we would end up shooting them. Um, but I, I chose this hunt because there was something about this day and it, it's really hard, hard to describe. It was a beautiful day. The weather was about perfect. You know, I, I consider perfect to be low is about 32, high is about 45, it's about a 10 mile an hour wind and sun. That's me. I, I just love days like that. They're just, they're just perfect. And it was my dad and Aiden and I, and Aiden and I didn't get to hunt much last year or the year before we had hunted together almost every single hunt. And there was just something about the hunt that was just magically fantastically fun. And um, I got um, a hole in um, my waiter at some point. Um, and I ended up, it got so cold on my foot sitting right in front of this massive tree and I don't know my dad is like well why don't you just you know go sit in that tree and this tree was like God crafted this tree to comfortably sit in and still be able to shoot so I got my way to stop sat in this tree you could have you know you had to have backrest and everything and I actually shot a duck out of the tree this group came in I'm sitting resting in this big old tree shot a duck and uh, later I, I was I was like three, four hours. I started to get a little uncomfortable. Just kind of the same body position, you get a little uncomfortable. You know what? I've never shot a duck out of a tree. Why don't you put on your my waders? I'll get in the tree. So he came back with swapped waders. He sat in the tree for a while, and we had another group come in, and he shot a duck out of the tree. And you know, we had my wife had packed us lunches and everything with our little names on. She loved to do stuff like that. Our little names on it and everything. And and just the three of us, I mean, that's like right now the core of freelance duck hunting is, well, it's starting to be less Aiden. He just doesn't live right anymore. But, you know, Aiden, my dad, and myself, and, you know, it's just really my two best friends in the world, you know. And you're getting the point, Jordan, where you're in that category, too, um, with just being like close groups of, of people that you just genuinely enjoy being around, you know. And you're just sitting out there in this beautiful marsh, and every a couple hours, you get some ducks working and shoot a duck or so. And by the end of the day, you've shot five ducks, and you're like, you know what? This day was really, really fun. This was just a fantastic, enjoyable day, and and that's just what it was. Um, it, it was just another hunt that you log in the book where great memories are made. Back on, you're like, what a great day that was. And, and I think that's kind of the essence of being a uh, not being a kill dependent hunter. And I know I said earlier, I kind of wear out on that after a few stunts, and I do. But can you have a day where you sit out there from sunup till three or four o'clock and shoot four or five ducks and be like, wow, this day was a success. And that's what it was. It was just just a fantastic day. Yeah. Now I remember that video. Um, and definitely a unique spot and looked like a lot of fun. Like you said, having your, your core members of the group with you, too. But I will tell you, every time you talk about not being a kill-dependent hunter, I almost get a little bitter because of the number of ducks you kill all season. And then you say, oh, I'm not a kill-dependent hunter. I'm like, buddy, move to Indiana and tell me you're not a kill-dependent hunter. So, <laughs> I think you need to change it to you're not a limit-dependent hunter because you want to kill some ducks. It's like if you can kill yeah. two or three, it's fine, you know. And like I, I'm, I'm the same way. But I definitely want to see some ducks and kill some ducks. And I don't know if that means that I'm a kill dependent hunter. I probably am somewhat. Um, and that's probably why I'm bitter whenever you say that. 
<laughs> I think you're absolutely. I think you're one hundred percent right. I I think I need to kill a bird or two. If I kill nothing, I'm not happy. I, I think you're absolutely correct. It, it is. I'm not a limit to that. I, I honestly, I really am a kill because if I don't keep anything, I don't really enjoy myself. <laughs> I know what you mean exactly. So now we're on the so same from page. Now on, we're on the. You're not a yes, limit to pinned right. hunter. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. I will never use that phrase again. <laughs> Correction taken. I am not a limit to pinned hunter. There we go. So. All right. I would like to not be a kill dependent hunter, yeah. <laughs> but I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, I mean, there's definitely times where you can be. You know, it's like you said. You can't be. Anything, you can't no, be all the I time. Don't shoot anything. I'm not happy. Yeah. Because you, you know, if you think about that last that hunt that we went on. The last hunt where you and I laid out on the ice. Um, if we had not shot a single bird on that day, I would not have been happy. Yeah, it would have been way worse. That first spot we were in, if we had decoyed a pair of birds down and each shot one, I would have been happy. But shooting none, even though it was a beautiful sunrise, I would not have been happy if we if we had shot. I was not happy to be shot none. If we had shot two, I would be happy. Yep. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yep. I can tell you, um, I can tell you right now though, um, it's May 6th and by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll probably be like May 13th or whenever, you know, it's going to be a week before it comes out, but I can tell you right now, (laughs) my, my duck depression is at its worst that it's been at any point. Just talking about all these awesome (laughs) hunts. I've been doing pretty good until we start talking about it. I'm like, even to the point where I'm like, I'm hungry for some mallard. Like, I want to eat some mallard, um, which, you know, that that's bad when you get to that point. So, um, but yeah, that, that's We're where I'm at. We're going to get this playlist together. I'm going to go through this playlist, all exactly the order that we've set them, and, and just, I'm going to eat them. In 24 hours, they're obviously watching. <laughs> awesome. You guys, got, you guys got to see these videos to go along with this conversation, because go to the Fellowship of the Duck Guns, we'll have that playlist on there by the time maybe we should wait and post that playlist the day this comes out yeah yeah that was we'll do fresh that. on the board yeah um so yeah last one for me and you got any guesses elliot i'm gonna let, i'm gonna let you guess on which hunt yeah. uh, maybe the hunt where you got stranded in your boat nope <laughs> why would that be, why would that be one of my best hunts <laughs> Well, see, I'm taking it more as memorable hunts. Yeah. Well. Because that's not my list. My list is not my best hunt. It's just my most. The ones that I think that I have a lot to say about is basically. Yeah. No, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would say they're my top top five hunts, and it's not by the numbers. It's not by. Um, it's just what I, I guess I enjoyed the most this season. Like hunts that, that were. That pond hunt. You scorched them on that pond hunt. Yeah. It's not that one either. That was a fun hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that it is, it's when I, when we shot the, the banded mallard. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that has to make the list, um, because we, we came out of, I mean, I had my longest, like I had a really, really awesome start to the season all the way through the flyway collective. I was just burning them up. And up to that point, it was like, I, I almost had a better season at that point than I had the, the two years before, you know? And so it was just like burning them up, traveling around, doing the chase in the opener, and then all of a sudden it was just like a desolate wasteland. Nothing. I couldn't I couldn't buy a bird. Uh, I think I shot like one mallard in that time, 
Um, and I shot two hooded mergansers over like eight hunts. <laughs> oh man, it was it was bad. And so, even that last week, in that last week of uh, Indiana season, we have a second split, and it's like. I always call it the Christmas split because it goes the weekend before Christmas to the weekend after. And that's the Indiana North zone. That's our second split. And it's always great. I'm like, well, it's going to be fine. Our, our split's going to come in. Um, it's going to get cold. Like it always does. And this is the second year in a row where it's just been super warm all the way through Christmas and nothing, nothing like me and my dad were going out. I mean, you have time off work and so you're going to hunt. I mean, it's just like, what else are you going to do? And I just got the duck boat and all that. And, um, it didn't matter. Nothing. It, it didn't matter at all. Um, so my buddy, Kevin, and I had a lot of hunts with, with Kevin this year. Um, he calls and, and lets me know the Michigan boys, <laughs> they had a bunch of birds scouted. Um, and we're going to have a good hunt. So, and honestly, anytime he said this year that we're going to have a good hunt, we have, and, and for, he's told me it's not always that way, but it's like, I have like, some really high faith in, in him at this point, just from this year. And this is the year, first year I've hunted with him. Um, and every single time I've gone with him, um, I mean, we've had <laughs> really solid numbers. Um, so he, he tells me this, and I'm on the end of my longest, if not my longest ever streak of, uh, of bad hunts, one of the worst. And we go out there, uh, or we, I go up there to Michigan, and sure enough, I mean, there's just – Mallard, I mean, mallards everywhere, um, first light. And, I mean, we did have a little bit trouble. The, the, I would say the only thing I, I would say negative about the hunt is we did have trouble working them in close. And it was just our concealment. We were using natural cover, and somebody else had hunted on, on it prior at some point and stomped a bunch of the vegetation down. So then it's trying to get, you know, in a good spot where you're covered and all that. So um, we would finish mallards that they'd end up finishing um, all the way down but further out or the ones that wouldn't finish, you know, they'd pass overhead, um, not completely finishing, taking passing shots, you know, 25, 30 yards. So that, I would say that's the, the only negative part of that about that hunt. But besides that, coming into it from the rest of the season just being um, – or not the rest of the season, but the weeks prior to that being a real struggle – um, I don't know. It was just kind of a breath of fresh air, and we just we just smashed them. We had a three-man limit of mallards. Um, we had, I don't even know, three or four geese, and they all finished on the left side of us, which was the opposite side of me, so I never even shot at the geese. But we were able to, to get some geese as well. And then on one of them, and I'll, <laughs> I'll never forget it. Or I hope I never forget this. I feel like I won't. But uh, just kind of the, the, the sight of seeing that. And, you know, Chief comes up the bank, and I can just see the one foot dangling, and there's something shiny on it. And at first, I'm like, did I did I just see what I thought I saw? Because like at this point, I've I had never seen like a band on a mallard, and you know it's almost like something that's elusive, something that you just see on Instagram posts and um, other people's up other people's videos. And when you see it yourself, you're just almost in like, is this real life? You know. <laughs> and sure enough, I reach down. Um, grab it out of out of chief's mouth and pick it up and, and i remember just holding the mallard and being like it's banded <laughs> everybody's like hey <laughs> and um you know it was one of those birds that we all three shot at too and so kind of the story doesn't end with that and you know uh, we've talked about this before kind of like how you decide who gets the band but um you know kevin being his spot and everything um being super gracious to allow like the draw for it and 
Um, he he doesn't have a, a mallard band on his, his lanyard at all. So the other Kevin, he's got a wood duck band and a mallard band. So we ended up doing the draw. He puts the, the shells in his pocket, and I pull out the one um, that's – <laughs> that that gives me the band. So I was super, super pumped at that point. So Yeah. Yeah. Definitely that has to go on my list. For Yeah. You know, any day you shoot a band's a good day. Yeah. And that was the second day, the second to last day of duck season. Well, except for I went to Kansas for for your uh January split as well. So a great way to go out. Go out of the season. Um but Real quick, I like before we before we sign off on this, we put a list of five. Let's just say what our fifth is. We'll put it in the playlist as well. You guys are just gonna have to hop over and watch it. We're not gonna go into great detail, um, but I'll go first. My fifth one that I had on here, we had um, another hunt with me and Swamp Man, late season, uh, trying something new, and it was just a uh, a straight snow shower, late season goose, and we had a good hunt. So I'll leave it at that. You'll have to watch it to kind of get the full story. What, what do you got, Elliot? Well, I'll tell you, this one I was going to talk about is a Patreon-only hunt. So only 25 people have actually seen this hunt. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Uh, it's still my last hunt of the year. It was a late se- called Late Season Honkers over an ice hole um, where Jason and the little player and I found this little tiny hole on this marsh with a bunch of geese on it. And... Um, I guess I will go ahead and add that to the playlist. So if you if you go over Fellowship of the Duck Hunt and check this out, there's only going to be you and a few of the people that have seen this. So we'll see it all on. Awesome. All right. Well, this was uh this was uh, a fun podcast. So I'm glad we uh, decided to do this one and and talk about our hunting here and you know all excited. So <laughs> yeah, it was fun for sure. All righty. You got any last words? Nope. Not at all. I, I'm, I'm just ready to watch this later. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode. Stay tuned. We got some great podcasts coming up, some uh, notable names that, that I'm sure you guys are going to be excited to hear from. Um, but I'm Jordan, Duck and Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one.